You're listening to Outside by Design, a podcast about the business of creativity in the outdoor industry. This podcast is brought to you by Wheelie, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. We help connect people with themselves, each other, and the natural world through communication and creative work that makes people feel feelings and take action. Basically, we're all about making marketing that matters. This is our podcast about leveling up yourself, your brand, and your community through powerful creative work. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Outside by Design. I'm Iris, and I'm so excited to introduce to you our guest this week. Her name is Robin Hall. She is the co-founder and CEO at Town Hall Outdoor Co. She sat down virtually with Lisa to talk about her transition from a decade of working at SmartWool to starting a sustainable kids outdoor apparel brand in a small mountain town. Robin discusses marketing to kids versus parents, current consumer trends, combining a focus on outdoors and the planet, and building a community of outdoor businesses. This is a jam-packed episode, so let's get into it. Well, Robin, thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh, Lisa, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm honored and excited, and um, yeah, what a, what a great space to be able to share, share our story. The first question we ask everyone is, where are you and what are you looking at? Well, today I am, you know, I'm at the global headquarters for our our new brand here, um, which is in Steamboat Springs, but I chuckle because it's actually in a little alcove just off my living room here um, in downtown Steamboat. (laughs) But uh, I am, I'm here, I'm looking at, uh, you know, our our fall visual line plan is right in front of me, um, kind of off to my right. And then off to my left, I actually have our front door open to our house and, uh, it's, it's kind of a fun little passageway for bears and foxes and raccoons. So I'm always have one eye out the door to see, see what's going on outside from a wildlife perspective. It's pretty fun. That's awesome. I love yeah. Steamboat. Oh, thank you. It's, it's, a, it's a magical place. We love it as well. So you've had an interesting journey in the outdoor industry, which I would love to talk to you about. Um, but to give our listeners some context, let's start with Town Hall. Yeah. And what you've got going on and why, and then maybe we'll backpedal into how you got into this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I was, you know, to weave in a little bit of my history, I was at SmartWool for 11 years, um, which whose headquarters was in Steamboat. And um, absolutely just that brand meant everything to me. It was such a passion-filled place uh, where I learned and cut my teeth and and grew and um, got my eyes on on everything across all edges of the business. And um, when they announced on October 13, 2018, that they were moving to Denver, our family, you know, had, <laughs> there was, there was a bit of a, oh no moment and some tears and some fear. Um, but then we looked at each other and said, gosh, we got to stay in Steamboat. We can't, we can't leave this magical place. And so um, then the next step was born is what are we going to do now? And uh, one of our co-founders of Town Hall, Joe Solomon, he got uh, two of us from SmartWool together and, and kind of said, gosh, you know, you guys got to do something. We got to keep the brain trust in Steamboat and keep giving back to this town and and that type of thing. So we, um, sure enough, after many, many sessions, the three of us put our heads together and it came together in in this now famous um, sort of Venn diagram. We call it the Town Hall Venn diagram where, um, you know, we kind of said in one circle, why are we staying here? Um, that soul searching of what's keeping us here. And it was really community and our kids. We just want our kids to grow up in this, this magical mountain place. 
And, you know, what are we good at? And we said, well, we're, we're pretty good at outdoor apparel and we adore the outdoor industry and, and we're, we're good at playing in that space. And then what are we passionate about? And, you know, it's the planet. It's not, how do we just not create more stuff to create more stuff? So those three things met in the middle and Town Hall was created. So it's a, we are starting a sustainable kids outdoor apparel brand. Um, and, and we couldn't be more excited. There's, there's three of us involved and um, it's, a, it's a pretty, pretty magical team. We're excited. Okay. I have a million questions. Oh my um, God, please. <laughs> so, okay. Kids apparel, like kids specific apparel, right? You got it. Yep. So what age range or size? I don't even, how do you like, yeah. who's your, who's your demographic there? Yeah. Our demographic is ages five to 14. So generally kindergarten to eighth grade. Um, you know, we, um, we didn't want to go too small just yet. The toddler space, um, is admittedly a little bit crowded, but then also there's, there's some safety and rules and regulations there. Um, and we felt that we could really, really, um, between the three co-founders, we have, uh, I think nine kids between us and, and they're all in that kind of kindergarten to eighth grade realm. So we feel that that's our, that's our sweet spot for right now, um, who we can talk to really well. And, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of actually really neat consumer insights groups um, with the kiddos in town here in Steamboat and just understanding how they shop, what they look for, you know, when they go out on the mountain, what's important to them, you know, what do they look for in a fashion and in a brand and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, kindergarten to eighth grade is is our sweet spot. And, and our demographic, you know, admittedly, it's... Um, you know, I'm new to starting a business um, and it's fascinating trying to figure this all out and just, you know, I know it's five to 14, but on the other hand, how do I, who am I marketing to? Who am I talking to? Am I talking to the parent? Because, you know, let's be true here. Really the only kiddos with social media are really at our top end there, those seventh and eighth graders. So um, yeah, our demographic is interesting. It's the parents and it's the kids and um, how are we appealing and talking to both differently? It's been really fun. Um, in addition, we really, 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 really passionate about this notion of inclusivity. And our vision is, is we want every kid to love outside, no matter where you are, who you are, um, what city, state, country you're in, just get on outside and love that fresh air. And then you'll appreciate the planet more and, and it's better for you, you know, from a health perspective. And, and so how do we talk to all kiddos, um, which is tough, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to alienate anyone by saying, yeah, let's go do, you know, park laps and huck 360s on the mountain. But then you also, it's not just catching snowflakes on your tongue, you know, in, in the backyard. It's, there's this aspirational notion. So we're, we're really um, trying to figure out how to cater our, our messaging um, and, and help everyone understand that, oh my gosh, parents, kids, everyone, just come join our community and, and there's a home for you here. That's beautiful. Um, I think Thanks. the idea of like interviewing kids about what they want in gear would make such an adorable brand video. <laughs> yes, yes, we have a lot of. I, I do need. Wow, <laughs> the list is long. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot to do with that footage. You're right. It's just such a cute visual, and um, yeah, also cute, like fascinating too, right? Because that's those are conversations that I have never had with kids. Right, right. Yeah, it was. You'd be surprised. You'd be from the mouth of babes, right? And, and you know, the, it's been interesting as we've been traveling. Um, we've just done a few events, three events around the state um, this in Colorado this summer. And it's been so fascinating talking to the consumer. That's just what I love to do. My 
one of my last jobs at Smartwool was um, head of retail. So I um, helped open stores um, all around North America for Smartwool. And my favorite part was just working in the store after it opened and talking to the consumer and understanding what they cared about. And um, it's just been so beautiful, Lisa, trying to listen to these kids and how passionate they are about the planet and sustainability and how they're just, when I say these are made you know, the fabrics made from hundred percent recycled bottles, they just are floored and can go grab their parents and Hey mom, Hey mom. And so it's been really, really powerful and neat to see what strikes a chord with kiddos. What else are you surprised that kids have been interested in from an apparel standpoint? Um, their colors and fashion and the look. Um, one thing that a lot of them said was, um, we just really want to be able to see and find our friends on the mountain, number one. And then, and then out of the side of their mouth, they also say with a little subtle eye roll, you know, the teenagers say, and my mom is always looking for me too. So if you can find some way to, to, you know, have a standout, that'd be great. And so um, we're putting these um, kind of, we're calling them our signature stripes. We're putting on our arm and uh, um, leg, calf zone on the uh, jacket and pants for the ski wear. So um, those will hopefully help kiddos stand out on the mountain and, and have our apparel differentiated. So it's been neat. You know, a lot of kids too, um, and I want to be super cognizant to not just be interviewing kids in Steamboat because it's mm-hmm. it's certainly a little microcosm. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of kids also are not very brand focused. I've, I've been surprised. It's like, hey, do you see your buddy wearing this or that. And they say, Oh, no, I don't really care. I just like, if it keeps me warm and it, you know, looks nice. And I don't know. I I feel like kids are, uh, we don't give kids enough credit to just get back to basics and, and think about, um, what they really care about and what they need. It's been neat. That's cool. I think I, I don't think I'm making this up, but I think in a previous conversation, you had kind of mentioned how for a while women's gear was like shrink it and pink it. Yep. And that that was going on kind of exactly in kids gear too right yeah yeah for sure we you know along with that venn diagram then of course the next natural step is okay we got to vet this how's this is this actually going to fly and we really really see some white space in um this market of pure kids play you know and a lot of our 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 fun families in town have said are you gonna bring out adult stuff we said nope we're not we're we're focused on kids because we want to make sure that we've got this right for them um and you know everything down to getting our first prototype in and saying, how does your hand, you know, hey kiddo, how does your hand fit in this pocket? And they go, ooh, I can't get the zipper down. Or, ooh, the pocket's too big and my bag of Skittles is going to fall out. Or, you know, whatever it is, it's just been really cute to make sure that we are catering everything with the kid in mind um, and, and doing surveys and asking them. So, yeah, to your point, I think a lot of brands, um, you know, it, it's admittedly a tough market and I'm, I'm, um, ears wide open and been, have been leveraging my network a lot and, and hearing about some of the challenges around margin and, whoa, do you know what you're getting into? And yeah, we absolutely do. And, and we're pretty fired up about it. We're seeing, seeing a nice following so far. So it's been neat. That goes pretty well with the next question I was going to ask you, which is what are you noticing in the state of the industry that is um, making this a great catalyst for you to start this business? Well, the state of the industry, it's it's so heavy because, you know, it's almost the state of the world and the mm-hmm. state of the, the average consumer. Um, I guess when I look at the world and the average consumer, I think about and I see just their passion for going back to shopping local and giving back to their town and leaning into small business. Um, we've seen it certainly a ton in Steamboat with those 
you know, restaurants that have quickly pivoted to offering different types of takeout and giving out free, free soups to people in need and those types of things. And just the appreciation I think that people have and the, the stop and think moments that happen before you get out your credit card now in the world are really huge. And, um, I think that that, that's, that makes it ripe for, for a small business like us. We're just a passion-based business. We're, we're in this for slow growth, Lisa. We're, we're just here to give back to our community and help the planet. Those are our, and I, I say just not as those are easy, simple things, but those are truly why we're here. Every decision we make runs through those things. Um, so from that perspective, I think the consumer is much more savvy when it comes to um, thinking before they spend and where they want to spend. And then when it comes to the outdoor industry, I think it's just beautiful to watch these brands. We are absolutely following the coattails and footsteps of of the Cotopaxis and the Pranas and the Patagonias and, and the Smartwools and all these incredible brands that are focusing on planet and sustainability and the diversity piece. I mean, it's, it's so true. The outdoors is open to everyone. Everyone should be able to go outside freely and enjoy and appreciate. And so how do we um, all work together as an industry, um, which, which I think we're all doing, which is amazing. Um, so it's been, I think, we are very, very, very lucky, although it's been scary starting a business during COVID. Um, we feel very lucky to be in this time and space. And I, I don't think um, we would have gotten here had it not been for this aligning of the stars, if you will. Mm, I love that. <laughs> so what, I mean, obviously you have tons of experience um, in, at a larger organization. And what what have you learned from starting your own company versus working um, at a, at a large company. Oh man. Yeah. It's so fascinating. It's so, um, some of it, you know, my experience at Smartwell was very, very, um, kind of wide and shallow, if you will, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I, I was a project manager. I was a strategic, um, planner. I was finance. I was all the way to it, but my last two roles there were, um, head of retail and then head of sustainability. And um, those positions really solidified what I what I stood for and what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, when I think about how it's different, it's it, running your every day and being accountable to yourself is a whole nother ballgame. Um, it's just been fascinating to say was wake up with with a to do list and boy, it, that could go sideways real quick. And it's OK. And being OK with that. And um holding yourself accountable, but not too accountable. And, um, you know, we're also, it's been really fun making this a family affair. My husband is my, my biggest supporter ever. And then my kids are right there with me. And so being able to bring the business home and, and there's no difference between home and work anymore. And, um, for some people that's horrible. And for me, it's actually kind of great. It's neat. We talk about the PL at the dinner table and, you know, get the kids to vote on colors and logos and that type of thing. So, um, it's a lot more, um, without totally taking over my life, it's taking over my life and it's, it's pretty neat. I love it. And it's, um, it's really powerful starting something in a small town where you just have this rally of beautiful support behind you. It's been, it's been phenomenal. So, Hmm. so it's, it's big and scary and fun and risky and all the feels, but at the end of the day, I I could, I, you know, I, I tell people if I had, tried to do this five years earlier, there's no way I would have been ready. And five years later, I would have been too tired. So I think the time, <laughs> timing was perfect. <laughs> so uh, that's funny. I, 
I do think that there's something so magical about running a small business in a in a mountain town. Um, yeah. You know, like I run Wheelie out of Whitefish and it's phenomenal when I think about how many different people have starred in our commercials or in our photo shoots or worked at the company or applied or yes. supported it, you know? So it's, um, I don't know. I love, I love that community feel. It's uh, unmatched. It is. It is. And it's, you know, it's at the beginning, I think the coolest thing and, and Smartwell was just such a visionary in this area, I feel around, just leading with purpose and values and developing that vision statement and sticking to it and infusing it in every single thing they did. I mean, there were full in-office campaigns weekly about how are we going to lean into our values and how do you incorporate those every day? And so I think everything I learned just came together for this. And it's been so simple, just community and planet. Does this check that box? You know, hey, I need to hire a web developer. Well, I could easily find someone for 20 bucks on the other side of the planet or in, you know, New York or wherever. Um, but no, there's, there's people in this town and I'm willing to pay a little bit more and, um, I'm happy to, we want to keep the business here and we want to keep this all in the family. So yeah, you're right. The community, community is everything to us. That's amazing. Um, so kind of what, what's your personal journey and what has driven you and, um, I, I love the amount of intention and thought that that you're bringing to your business, and I imagine that that is um, something you've had your whole life. But I'm curious, kind of, what's your what has been your journey? Yeah, I guess you know, t- uh, tactically, kind of where I started. I mean, I grew up in um, the San Francisco Bay Area, and my dad actually. One thing that um, I was as I was thinking about preparing for this, I was thinking about gosh, it kind of goes back to my dad. You know, he worked at Hewlett Packard back in the sixties, right out of grad school. And, you know, so we were in the middle of Silicon Valley, um, doing that dance and HP was one of those first brands and companies that, I mean, they came up with the HP way, which was Mm -hmm. all about building community and family. And I just remember the family picnics and we used to hang out with all the other families. We'd travel around the world with HP and stay with families of general managers and countries. And, so there was always this notion of just togetherness and um, family pride. And, and also, I think, you know, one of the things that really shaped me as a kiddo is my dad. Um, I showed a little, a little bit of promise, I guess, in, in baseball. And um, there came a time to decide between baseball and softball. And my dad said, well, you play baseball if you want. I'm like, well, I do, but it's only, you know, for the boys. And he said, oh, I don't care. Let's just go down and sign you up. And I really, okay. And so my dad just marched on down and there was no aggression or anything. Hey, I'm signing my daughter up for baseball. Well, the softball signups over here. No, no, we're just going to do baseball. And they're like, okay. So sure enough, I played baseball with the boys and, and there was, you know, from a a gender inclusivity perspective, when you talk about my personal journey, it's hard for me because I've, I've never, uh, I very seldom in my life, I feel very blessed and, and very aware that I just haven't experienced a lot of that gender inequality, um, mm-hmm. in my work life, um, in, you know, playing baseball as an eight year old with a bunch of boys, of course there was fear and discomfort and those types of things, but I just, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I work well, um, with men and in that space and, um, I, 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 it's been, it's been a personal journey of mine to just see to it that, boy, we all have a seat at this table. And, and my um, dear friend and mentor, Mark Sakowitz, who um, passed away last year, he was the biggest supporter of that at Smartwell. I mean, it was all about gender parity and we all have a seat at that boardroom table and he walked the walk and it was just so natural and great. And we saw the beauty of having those different opinions at a table. So 
in any case, um, I digress, but mm-hmm. when it comes to personal journey, I think it started young for me, just eyes wide open to, um, traveling and business and, um, you know, just ways to build community. And so when, uh, my husband and I, we kind of grew up together, we started, started dating in high school and, uh, went to college together. And then after college, we went and worked back in the Bay area and I, um, got a job at gap at their headquarters doing finance. And, um, quickly my husband and I looked at each other and said, if we don't try something new now, we're never going to leave the Bay area. And, um, so we moved to, um, Summit County to Breckenridge area and, uh, I got a job at Vail Resorts and did a bunch of finance work there as well. And I, I, again, after a few years realized I got to get back to seeing and touching products. So the smart will roll popped up and, and, uh, you know, Breckenridge was just this incredible, we called it the gateway drug to the mountains for us because it was like, Oh, this, this is what mountain life is. Wow. This is great. And then, you know, you, you drive into a steamboat or a whitefish or a crested butte and it's like, Oh, this is where I need to, this is my calling. So, um, yeah, the planets aligned and, and smart. What was it? And I uh, started in finance and kind of some business process design. So those types of jobs where I'm, you know, kind of infiltrating these areas of the business and saying, how does this work? How do you do this? I'm going to document that and help make it better. That was really neat for me, a neat way for me to kind of see all avenues of the business so that I could um, understand the inner workings. Um, so yeah, it, it just went from there. And I, I, I kind of just um, moved up and around, didn't necessarily move up all the time, but moved left and right. And um, I got a lot of advisors, had a lot of advisors kind of telling me, gosh, just, just grow your your, your breadth sometimes is more growing your breadth and sometimes is more important than your depth. So, um, that was really, really neat. And transparently, you know, I always, I was always, I wouldn't call myself a ladder climber, but just a career gal. It was, what am I going to do? And I remember there was a time there where we were acquired by VF and I instantly had stars in my eyes, like this might be our ticket overseas. Wow. Let's okay. Let's start talking to the Europe offices and let's start seeing what I can do over there. And, um, and then sure enough, after a couple more years, just embedding and growing roots in this town of Steamboat, we, I had to go to my boss and say, I'm sorry, I, I don't think I can move. I, this is it. This is kind of my end game. So how do we make my career more fulfilling here so that I can literally retire with SmartWool? How do we move me around and, and um, get me the knowledge and insights that I want to give back to SmartWool? And how does SmartWool benefit from me? So that was that was my journey. I was in, I was in for the long haul. And so when you got a curveball like your brand is moving to Denver, um, which of course it's three hours away and absolutely it was the right, right move for VF. And I understand completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us as a family, it was just glaring, a glaring opportunity for us to, huh, wow, that was not on our radar, but here it is. And how are we going to manage it? And, um, town hall has been, been the beautiful byproduct. So we're, we're pretty darn excited. Wow. I I love that you had that conversation with Smartwool. Like, hey, I'm in it for the long haul. What can we do? Like, what a proactive and like direct way to communicate. Yeah, yeah. Again, that brand. I can't say enough about that brand. But I, my bosses, my mentors there, um, everyone there, just. It wasn't, you can't even say it was an open door policy. We just didn't have doors. We all were just so <laughs> moving around with each other in this symbiotic, you know, obviously sometimes to a fault, we'd look at each other and go, oh, I can't have a tough conversation with my friend. I'm going to see them on the trails after this or what have you. But on the other hand, boy, the family and the passion and the we're all in this together attitude 
everyone just wanted to see everyone succeed and we wanted to see the brand succeed. So it was pretty, pretty magnificent. You're right. I, I do feel lucky that I was even able to have that conversation. So um, yeah, it was neat. And um, I, I couldn't have gotten there without all the incredible leadership there. It was, it was awesome. Wow. I do uh, in your story, I, I loved your, um, your story about joining the baseball team and it kind of made me wonder for town hall, since you're starting a kid's clothing company, like how are you navigating stereotypes and gender inclusivity? And like, these are the boys clothes and these are the girls clothes. Like I noticed on the website that it's not organized by uh, gender, but it's more like tees and hoodies, hats, um, kind of what's, yeah. What's your stance there? I'm fascinated to know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gender, gender neutral is where we're headed. We want everyone to feel comfortable um, from a coloring perspective right now. So we're, you know, we do recognize down the line, perhaps some of the, the girls may skew a little bit more bright pink, that type of thing. For our first, our first few seasons here, we're, we're definitely just focused on what's going to resonate with all kids. And again, going back to those interviews and customer insight sessions, just the blues are hot, the oranges are hot, the reds, those types of things. So how do we um, ensure that you don't, uh, you're exactly right. There's not a boys section and a girls section. You just go down, go down the line and choose whichever color and, and style you want. However, we are starting to see in some of those older, older ages, you know, the 14 year old, your body starts to change and your, mm-hmm. your hips grow a little bit more or your upper body shapes out or your, the, you know, the boys, their arms get a little longer. So we are talking about um, doing some gender specific cuts and shapes um, in the future. But for right now, it's, you know, we've got four styles going live in uh, next month and they are open to everybody and anybody. Mm. What, um, what's your like personal favorite product? I think, you know, I think the puffy is going to be just this hero style. Um, it's made from um, 100% recycled down uh, inside, which is really neat. And then the outer uh, fabric is is recycled plastic bottles as well. So we feel like um, it's, yeah, we're, we're gearing up for, you know, those kind of outdoor winter snow adventures when it comes to kind of the waterproof ski side of the house. But the puffy is just going to turn into, I think we're going to, potentially do it as a carryover in spring and just make it that year round favorite. So I'm excited about the puffy. Um, it's, it's going to be pretty fun. How fun and how fun that you got to kind of do product testing and, um, I don't know, bring something new to market. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, the, I don't know. I've never, I, I've never thought of myself as creative person, you know, and, and, um, this opportunity and starting this business, I'm just like, looking at myself so differently, internalizing, wow, I'm, I guess I'm pretty creative. Like even, <laughs> even when it comes down to, you know what I mean? Like you, you think about creativity you think about, are you an artist and what's your medium and do you paint or are you, whatever it is. And, and for me, you know, I remember very distinctly, um, I don't know if you've ever done the strength finders um, session, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of session thing, but I remember very distinctly, my number one strength is positivity mm-hmm. and uh, my number two is achiever. And so I, have tons of enthusiasm and I love to get stuff done. And so I remember sitting in the room with this gal who was just this big ideator. And I'm like, I just don't get along with her and I can't work with her. And this is so challenging. And what am I supposed to do? And, um, and so then we took strength finders and I found out she was an ideator and I'm like, Oh my gosh, 
we're like yin and yang. If we teamed up and you came up with the big ideas, then I can help execute them. And, and so it kind of changed my viewpoint of how people look at the world and what their strengths are. And it's not their fault that they're not the, the doer, get things done or the whatever. Um, they just see the world differently with, with big ideas. And so it's been really neat to talk to people in the industry and my network with the big ideas and then the tacticians and um, trying to think creatively uh, and give myself some personal leeway, whether it be creatively look at the finances and how we're going to fund this thing or looking at colors and brand logo and identity. Um, it's just been really neat um, to, to do that self-exploration. So, Love that. Uh, one of my biggest beliefs about creativity is that it's called a creative process, not a creative perfect. And Mm -hmm. so like most of what you make won't work the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth, you know, and that's why like our budgets allow for proper exploration and um, safe failure. And um, some people call it failing forward, but I'm like, I don't even care if it's forward. Like, uh, because what you make just probably won't work. And that, you know, so that's, that's why I, embrace the word process and the creative process and uh I think it produces magic when 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 it's like a safe place to try things and invent and explore yeah I love that I I really love that because that it's um that's a muscle I need to flex honestly because I am again I'm just it's on my list I'm gonna check it off and move on (laughs) and it better be right kind of thing and (laughs) and you know my my mom's an artist and so I grew up with her kind of saying okay let's sit down and paint and I I'd finish after a painting session and I'm like, I really don't like it. And she said, Oh, great. Let's start again and add more to it. I'm like, you can do that. But I don't, I don't get that. You're not just done. Oh no, you're never done with a painting. No, no, no. I'll go back to a painting from 20 years ago and add some new reds and, you know, polish this up. And and that just baffled me. So I'm (laughs) every day is a learning. So I I love that creative process is great. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. What, I mean, what else have you learned from like, it's funny because you can't personally product test the product that you're making because you have an adult body Um, right so how like what have you learned there for like product testing and getting feedback from kids oh man well well the one thing I will say as (laughs) expert parents as we all are you know but as as, I guess I won't say expert I say seasoned parents who've seen Uh it all you know we go back to what makes parents happy you know like it's when our kids aren't complaining about being wet and cold it's when um their sled they fall off their sled and they go over a rock and their pant doesn't tear it's when gosh they're growing their legs are growing and you're like dang it do i have to buy new pants next year no we did a grow seam so that they can grow a little bit longer you know one more year in them so we took it from the parents lens of what makes our kids successful um, and how do we keep them happy outside for longer? Um, And then in addition, from a sustainability perspective, we, all we want is the most durable product, right? That's the product that's going to stay out of the landfill longer. So how do we build this thing that is going to stay around? And uh, we're finally calling them hand-me-ups so that they can be, they're just this coveted hand-me-down or handed me up to the next kiddo in town and, and build this community of town hall. So it's in our best interest and the planet's and the community's best interest to build the most durable thing we can. So it doesn't, it doesn't fall apart. Um, and then, you know, on the kids side, just the testing has been awesome. Uh, I mean, to have our kids, uh, rip around the ski slopes and again, go sledding and, 
Um, one kiddo was sleeping in our puffy and he's like, it got a little too hot. I'm like, well, you're, you're sleeping in it and you're under a duvet. So yeah, you know, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, we, we have, you know, we have kids just being kids in, in our gear and it's been really, really neat. And, and they give you that direct feedback, boy, it's pretty, pretty neat to hear just, I don't like that or, oh, well, this is rad or whatever it is. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. been, it's been really fun. That's cool. That's, yeah. that's a unique, um, process too. And I think, I think that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. To your point, you know, to my point earlier, I think also keeping eyes peeled for other kids. I mean, we want the kiddo in Chicago walking to school in the cold wearing our jacket and then maybe they come ski in, you know, um, steamboat on a winter ski trip and they can wear the same one. So how do we, how do we make sure that we're, we're building things for those kiddos as well? So, um, our, our eyes are, our eyes are wide open (laughs) to all, all the insights. Yeah. And another like super fun thing about youth marketing is like kids want to be more like teenagers. So they aspire upward and then, and then like teenagers want to be a little more like adults. So they aspire upward. And then at some point there's that ledge where like, if you're selling stuff to 30 year olds, you put 25 year olds in the photos. And if you're selling things to 50 year olds, you put 40 year olds in the photo. So the the scale starts to tip backwards. Yes. and so I do think youth marketing is kind of the funnest. And it's, but you're, yeah, you have an interesting span of ages there. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You all, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's not lost on me. I mean, the fact that I need to sit here and talk to a 14 year old um, that probably doesn't want their six year old little brother wearing the same thing they are. Mm-hmm. So how do I talk to those differently? And how do I, um, you know, how do we, how do we adapt the content and creative to everyone to just, Hey, we're on this together and just let's all, let's all rock these rad outfits, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, those are all the challenges that, that, uh, that keep me up at night. <laughs> totally. I, I also believe TikTok is the absolute funnest place on the internet. It's the oh happiest, happiest God. place on the internet. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Uh-huh. It is so funny. Oh man. Uh-huh. The rabbit holes. Oh, it's trouble. It's, it's trouble. trouble. And I think, <laughs> I think it's an awesome spot for town hall too to like yeah. oh, play, nice. you know, cause TikTok yeah. is like a place to play. Right. Yeah. My 13 year old is all about Snapchat. Snapchat's the thing. So, mm-hmm. um, just mm-hmm. trying to stay current and, but also stay in our lane. And, um, and then again, like I said earlier, talk to parents also, I mean, how am I going to find the parents are the ones that are going to pay for this stuff. So mm-hmm. it was interesting to hear kids talk about how they shop for their winter gear. Uh, you know, is it, do your parents pick out the brand and then you go on the website and look, do you walk into an REI, for example, or a local, you know, ski shop? How does that all work? And, and, um, certainly the answers, the responses were fascinating. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So I bet. Yeah. Kind of neat. Cool. What is one thing I haven't asked you, um, that you think our audience would love to hear? Gosh, you know, I think I, I I say the word community over and over and over again, and I I, I don't um, it's not, I don't want it to be just this catchphrase. I mean, community is we're all social beings, right? I mean, we're all as many of us saw during this pandemic. You know, we need other people and friends and family and those outlets really to kind of be ourselves and learn and share feelings and help each other and and. So I think community is where, you know, the main reason we started this company, you know, we, we're, we live in a town of 13,000 people and a county of 26,000 people. And it's everything to us. I mean, Steamboat, if you've not been to Steamboat, it's, um, 
it's this beautiful mix of agriculture, Western heritage, conservation, outdoor rec, tourism, and everyone's just passionate about being here. I mean, we're three and a half hours from anything. So you got to want to live here. We don't have a target for heaven's sake, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So life is pretty simple up here, but you know, when, when big companies leave town, they take these high paying, you know, coveted jobs and volunteers and lunch orders and, and kids in our winter sports club away. And so we're just doing everything that we can to support this town and it's passionate and innovative folks. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when I think about, innovative. The other note that's really fascinating is we've got 20 plus outdoor gear brands in this town um, that have started here and exist here. And uh, if you saw the news yesterday about um, Travis Campbell bringing Eagle Creek to Steamboat, um, we are pretty, pretty excited about that. And we, um, about a year ago, our our, um, head of economic development, John Bristol in town brought together this uh, Yampa Valley outdoor rec community. And so we the 20 leaders, we sit around once a month and we, in true outdoor industry fashion, we um, sit around, we have garage beers. So we go to each kind of leader's garage, uh, each CEO or founder's garage, and just sit back and have an afternoon beer and talk about what's working for your business, what's working in the valley, um, how do we use a collective voice, how do we support each other? Hey, Big Agnes, what did you do when you were just starting in the marketing space for awareness? And and hey, Grass Sticks, how did you get that you know PO to REI? And hey, what do you, who do you use for an accountant and those types of things? So, um, I think community can sound scary to people or ambiguous to me and to us in this town. I think it's just find your people and find people you can relate to for for the mental outlet, for the physical outlet, um, and just just to bring wholeness to self. I, I um, When it comes to starting this business, we can't do it without this community. That's why we're doing it. And, and if it weren't here, uh, we wouldn't be benefiting. So um, we're just so proud. It, it's manifesting itself in, in beautiful ways also around our partnerships. We're partnering with the Northwest Boys and Girls Club um, and Integrated Community, which brings, you know, we have 41 countries represented in this town who would have thought how do we make those people feel welcome and um, get those kiddos integrated best into kindergarten and those types of things so um, there's tons of resources and you don't have to you don't have to be in a club you don't have to be have your stamp on something just find your people and uh, give to them and they'll give back to you and uh, that's what we hope to embody at town hall oh wow well robin you this was a great interview um cool I really enjoyed this. I loved learning about you and town hall and um, I'm just super excited to watch the puffy jacket come out and um, yes. Yeah. Enjoy this journey with you. Cool. Lisa, you thanks for everything you do for this industry and your creativity is absolutely um, just a joy to watch and what you've built. And I'm so impressed and uh, just know that uh, you're, you're making an impact. So thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to Outside by Design. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show wherever you're listening so you don't miss any new episodes. If you have a moment, please leave us an iTunes review that helps us reach more outdoor industry folks. You can find us at wheeliecreative.com or on Instagram at wheeliecreative. Those links are in the show notes as well. With that, thank you for being here. We'll see you next week.